Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. As a small business owner, you are the business, and you know the time you're spending on payroll and HR could be spent in a hundred better ways. Ceridian PowerPay is fast, simple, and intuitive software trusted by over 40,000 Canadian small business owners like you. Automate your HR and payroll processes, keep track of compliance, and pay your people from your desktop or mobile phone. Free up time to focus on what really matters when it comes to your business, and get back to doing what you love with Ceridian PowerPay. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Sukmani Dev, Head of Digital Payments and Cybersecurity for MasterCard Canada. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, more and more startups are turning to e-commerce platforms. With the mass migration to digital sales, all businesses need to prioritize their online presence and cybersecurity. So we're going to explore all that with our guests today. Sukmani Dev heads commercialization of MasterCard's e-commerce payment and cybersecurity solutions, and she acts as a strategic advisor to business executives and IT stakeholders. Prior to joining MasterCard, Suk was at ICF Next, where she was responsible for enterprise architecture and cloud consulting. She graduated from the University of Waterloo with a Master's of Engineering in Computer Networks and Security, and she has a certificate in Strategic Management from Harvard University. Welcome to the show, Sukmani. Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to have you here on such a timely uh, subject as this. Before we get started talking about cybersecurity and e-commerce, uh, let, 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 let's set some expectations for our listeners who are very busy entrepreneurs and let them know what they're going to get out of this conversation. What do you hope they'll take away from our, our, our chat today? So... It's something that we know intuitively, uh, that the world that we live in is different and it's going to stay that way. So we have to prepare ourselves for that. Uh, as more and more experiences move online, e-commerce spending is at an all-time high. I think the key takeaway from today's discussion for entrepreneurs is going to be uh, around having a digital presence and how they can secure it going forward. 
Okay, perfect. So let's go right back to basics in here and say, you know, the internet has been around for 25 years now. Um, are there still businesses out there that don't have an online presence or an e-commerce platform and need one? Potentially. I think if you were talking in January this year, the answer would be very different compared to November almost now. Um, the Before the pandemic, a lot of small businesses were able to sustain themselves by just having a physical presence, not even accepting card payments a lot of times. However, the pandemic has changed everything. If you're not online, there is very little chance that you will be found. So a lot of businesses in order to sustain their business have had to move online. So the numbers have started to look really, really better now. However, um, still there's room to grow. And especially when it comes to putting your whole business online, that is accepting payments and enabling e-commerce on your websites. Right. Now, is that, you know, there's lots of corner stores and, uh, you know, there's they're, they're probably still using eight track tapes and are, are they going to find it difficult to move to uh, to to the web and and to start to automate some of their procedures and accept those payments so change is uh you know uh, not always easy it does come with its own set of challenges and knowledge that is required to operate in this new set of uh, environment However, the good news is that there's lots of support out there and organizations like MasterCard are stepping up to help small businesses, to help entrepreneurs put themselves online, uh, teach them how to accept payments and do it in a secure manner. So there's lots of resources, which I'm sure we'll get into as we continue talking. Right. Okay. Um, given the, the, the COVID epi epidemic and the sheltering in place and everything, I guess we have must have seen some growth in online sales, which suggests that if uh, businesses do uh, make the transition to e-commerce platforms, that there's a whole lot more consumers out there willing to buy from them now than there were before. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. And we have some data, very interesting data that I can share. Um, April was the first month of full lockdown and Canadian e-commerce sales grew by 112% for the month compared to April the previous year. So that's so, so it more than doubled. That's more than doubling, right? That is more than if doubling. If I know my indeed. math. Yeah. <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah. huge. That's incredible. Which is, which is massive. Um, now, granted, that was the first full month of lockdown. Very few stores were open. Um, but we're continuing to see strong growth of e-commerce and we're continuing to see the mix of card presence that is in store transactions and card not presence that's your e-commerce transaction change over time. Today, almost 40% of all transactions happening are online and it has never been this high for Canada. And is that staying pretty steady now at 40%? Because yeah, that, that strikes me as huge. Yeah, that is the year to date number. So that's a uh, average across uh, for 2020. And in terms of sticking, I do want to share the survey that we recently did, um, and we wanted to get Canadian sentiment on the upcoming holiday season, because things are going to be different, um, and getting their point of view and how are they planning to shop. And of course, online shopping beat out in-store shopping and came out ahead. Now, there's, there's, there's one big name that people know when it comes <laughs> to online shopping. Um, mm -hmm. Can, can, can e-commerce platforms actually help smaller retailers compete with giants like Amazon? That's, a, that's an interesting question. I think 
there's a lot of work that, again, I would say partners of ours, uh, large organizations are doing to help provide small businesses the tools to be able to compete. Uh, when you're competing, you're competing on a few um, aspects. And one of the primary thing is the experience, right? So how do you build that slick digital experience? How do you create an experience that leads to higher conversions if you're accepting card payments? How do you create an experience so that not only the experience is great for your end card holder but, or end consumer, but also you're doing it in a manner that you're protecting yourself as a merchant so that fraud is not happening on your website. So an example of a program that is helping small businesses in this regard is called Shop Here by our partners called Digital Main Street. And they launched this program pretty early on uh, when COVID first hit. And um, lots of big brand names are participating. You can go to the Shop Here website and check them out, including MasterCard. And what MasterCard is doing, particularly as part of that program, is providing cybersecurity assessment for free for small businesses so that as they come online, they're not inadvertently exposing something that the hackers or bad guys out there can take advantage of. And, you know, that's the last thing a small business needs at this time. So um, I do, of course, encourage any entrepreneurs listening to take advantage of that free um, a cybersecurity assessment so that you know uh, where what you need to remediate if there is stuff to remediate. So there is help out there. And I do encourage, um, I know entrepreneurs are probably very busy and very swamped in terms of priorities, but I, I would encourage that they make digital and cybersecurity also a priority because it will give you uh, what you need to be able to compete and be relevant. Right. And why? So, so what's the cost of this free cybersecurity assessment? <laughs> it is free. <laughs> it is free. So, now, so yeah. does that mean that that Mastercard? Are you actually picking up a price for for picking up the tab for any company that signs up? Yes, we are. Till December thirty first. Till December thirty first. So, if people want to take advantage of this, they have to do it fast. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, so, so why is that a good idea? Why would Mastercard be doing this? Because we want to support small businesses at the time of need. Um, we felt that there was a, a strong requirement for all of the everyone to support each other. We're all in this together, and ninety eight percent of businesses in Canada are small businesses. So. As MasterCard Canada, we felt that we needed to do something for small businesses, and this is one of the ways we are giving back to the community. So I think that's pretty cool. Do you have? A, do you have? Are you privy to any results from this work? Do you have any idea that uh, you know that sixty-seven percent or whatever, <laughs> what percentage of of people who, uh, who who take this assessment are found to have problems that this helps them patch? Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't want to expose uh, exactly the results of the program so as to not put any small businesses on risk uh, because unfortunately Canadian businesses have globally always been a target for hackers and um, you know bad guys out there. So yeah, we are finding findings in those small businesses that are taking advantage of the program. That our tools are very robust, so they're always able to find things. Um, instead of getting into the specifics, what I would share with you is some general numbers from not just what MasterCard found, but also from um, the RCMP and the Canadian Fraud Center. How about okay, that? Okay, sure, of course. So since the pandemic has begun, uh, so the Government of Canada's Canadian Anti-Fraud Center has reported that between March and September alone, Canadians lost over $6.2 million, which is, uh, that is reported fraud, right? And that that is a pretty big number. That's a hard number. However, um, what we have found 
is that looking at some of the data that RCMP has shared, uh, a lot, uh, 50% of cybercrime targeted at businesses in Canada is um, happening against small businesses. So, so wow. 50% of all cybercrime, small businesses are the focus of it. And Canada actually ranked number one on phishing targets and represents 50% of all phishing targets globally. Guess what? it has to say something about our trusting nature, doesn't it? I, I was just about to say, but man, that's so Canadian yeah. companies represent 50% of all phishing targets in yes. global cybersecurity threats. That's yes. stunning. It, other than the observation that, yes, we're very trusting and maybe we were asking for it. Any other reasons for that? I think part of it is um, that part of it is, of course, being a country that is, uh, you know, in the part of the Western world um, that obviously the economic return for hackers uh, is probably higher. So that's why we are targets. And uh, maybe an uh, unfortunate um, conclusion you can also draw from this is attack attackers or hackers go after what is easy. So it looks like we haven't truly shored up all the holes that exist, uh, which is why we're found to be somewhat of an easier target. And that's why a lot more uh, bad guys or gals are coming after us. Right, right. Um, we'll get back to e-commerce and the opportunities in a minute, but let's continue on the threat assessment front here. Um, what does, if, if I have a website for my business mm -hmm. and I'm selling stuff there, what does uh, a, a breach look like? What, 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 what does a phishing expedition look like? Um, so what you could have, the simplest form of an attack um, could be just, you know, phishing emails and scams of that nature, which we've seen spike considerably since COVID began. And, and just I think to be earlier, clear, sorry, just to be clear, let's make sure of uh, phishing. This is the fish with a P-H-I-S-H. That's correct. And, and, and how would you define that? Because it's, it, it, it's basically blatant fraud, right? Yeah, it is phishing for information. So pretending to be someone you're not sending an email to that effect and getting the end user to provide personal information, financial information, or any other critical information as part of that expedition. So think about this, like you suddenly received an email that says it's from your boss and your boss is saying, why haven't you paid this invoice? This was super urgent. It's due so many days ago. And you happen to be the, you know, the person who holds the keys um, and is the accountant for the business. And you're like, oh my God, this sounds urgent. I don't know how I forgot to pay this invoice. Let me pay this quickly now before I uh, find out why I didn't pay this invoice. And then you end up paying that and you realize that actually email wasn't from your boss. It was just a phishing email sent to you looking for sensitive information. And you ended up providing your credit card information or bank account information. That is what a phishing attack could look like. And, and do these tend to be technically sophisticated attacks? I mean, does the email that comes to me look like it is actually from my boss? Uh, it can very much look like it, it is coming from your boss, but unfortunately, it's very easy to pretend to be somebody that you're not on the Internet. Uh, it could look like it's coming from your financial institution. It could look like it's coming from the government. And it's very easy to pretend. But there are some telltale signs when these emails come to you mm -hmm. uh, that you can look for and protect yourself. And you can educate your employees about these telltale signs as well. So examples. Um, it may have the name of your boss or the name of the trusted company that you're interacting with. But if you look at the 
uh, rest of the domain information. So what whatever is after the at sign, um, that might just look something weird. So instead of it saying mastercard.com, as an example, it might say master.card.com. Now, wow. that is suspicious. <laughs> it's close, but it's suspicious. And usually these emails will have a sense of urgency associated with them because they want them um, want you to act right away and not think too much about it. It is not uncommon for these emails to may not be very professionally written <laughs> uh, because, you know, I guess hackers are lazy. Uh, so those are some of the telltale signs. And also think about it. Uh, why um, would some entity want that information from you. So as an example, MasterCard will never email you or call you and ask for your personally identifiable information or your card information or anything to do with your financial institution. We never communicate in that manner. Um, so you should be very suspicious of a brand reaching out to you or your, uh, you know, yeah. even your boss reaching out to you around these kind of things. I, I, I was the victim of some sort of identity theft at some point where somebody took out a cell phone in my name based on my email and and, and, and birth date. And, oh, my God. And, and I realized that at one point, months earlier, I'd answered some call and there was some survey and there was some tricky question where all they really wanted was my birth date and I gave it to them because, mm. because they, they, whatever the context was around that call – got my guard down and, yes. and and I didn't realize that even my birth date could yeah. be used to build a whole uh, false account around yeah. me and my address. And so, yeah, it's, it's so much easier. I can say from experience to, uh, to, 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 to preserve your identity and be suspicious than to try and fix a situation. If you've uh, uh, divulged a little bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we may think of information like your uh, banking information, your credit card information as sensitive, but one might not think of their birth state as sensitive or even your name and address as sensitive. But all these are very sensitive pieces of information and we should be very wary of sharing them um, with untrusted sources. Thank you for that. So given all the risks that are out there, what should uh, business owners be doing? How do, how do they get started? And, and what precautions can they take to, to, to get started in this whole brave new world of cybersecurity? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. So this is what I would say a uh, small business should look at. Um, kind of four things. Uh, when, they're think when they've migrated to e-commerce or not, but they have a web presence, think about do not leave cybersecurity to the very end. Do not think that this is just something that large enterprises need to worry about or um, tech companies need to worry about. Everyone should have cybersecurity as one of their agenda items and they should think about it. And how to go about it is, I think first is just starts by understanding and managing uh, your assets. So what are you exposing to the internet? Just do an inventory of those things. Um, that could be your laptops, your uh, machines that are connected to the internet, um, things of that nature. Think about your employees. What are they using? All the devices that they're connecting to the internet. Some very basic stuff. This is called managing the attack surface. And, and the idea is that you want to uh, prevent your assets from being exposed, from your data from being exposed. So just having a list of things first is a starting point. 
So then, then the next step then comes is uh, using a tool like the one that I mentioned that we're providing small businesses for free, risk recon, um, to understand if these devices or uh, your web presence, if there are any holes. Are there patches that have not been done properly? Are there any unsecure login pages that have been exposed uh, that could be taken advantage of? And then coming up with that list of problems. And then once you have that list of problems identified, prioritizing, fixing those problems. And so that's kind of the proactive approach. Understand what you've exposed and understand if what you've exposed is not safe and can be taken advantage of. Right. So it sounds like the first step of just... uh, I love the way you put it, managing the attack surface. That's something that, that, that I can do as a business owner. The second mm-hmm. half of actually looking for the holes and, and, and the, the unpatchy patches, that sounds like something where I need help. Is it- yes. You can, you can get help there. If you are technology savvy, you can use these free tools that are available online or you can get help. And there are uh, consulting firms out there that do cater to small businesses and they provide guidance. Um, you may have somebody who's managing your IT uh, on staff. They will probably have a good understanding of uh, these things as well. So, like, make sure you're having that dialogue with them and putting security as as a uh, topic on their agenda. Right. Um, Now, obviously, a lot of people are going to go online via um, things like Shopify, which are Mm -hmm. other organizations that let me put my inventory online and use their platform. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do I have to be what kind of risks do I have to be worried about when using them or have they cleared it all away for me? That's a great question. So platforms like Shopify or others out there are um, being used by thousands of small businesses and are fairly robust. Um, and will provide good, uh, you know, kind of foundational level of security. But the weakest link when it comes to managing your cybersecurity, unfortunately, is humans. So, uh, which is where I was going to go with my third point and the fourth point of um, what are the things a small business should need should do. Okay. Um, this is where hackers are lazy. They will take advantage of the easiest um, path of entry. And unfortunately, a lot of times that begins with human beings. That's where your employees falling for a phishing email comes into play or your employees, uh, you know, somebody stealing your employees' personal information comes into play and using that information, logging into your systems and doing damage. So I think that is one thing that, and that's another very important thing a small business needs to do is uh, training your employees to be cyber aware in order to prevent attacks. And again, fortunately, lots of training resources out there. And the one that I want to mention is um, by um, Global Cyber Secure, uh, Cyber Alliance. So GCA and MasterCard actually has sponsored this toolkit. They have a toolkit specifically for small businesses and it's available it's online and what it has actionable guidance and tools with clear directions on how to address these topics including how to materials and policies training videos foundational documents that you can use and customize for your small business um so educate your employees that's my number three and then number four i would say is bad things happen Uh, And you should have a plan for what happens if a bad thing happens. So um, say you do get attacked, what will be your immediate next step? You should have a clear understanding of that because the sooner you can act on it, 
the recovery time and the associated cost goes down and it hurts your business less. And again, this toolkit that I mentioned, uh, the free global cyber alliance uh, toolkit for small businesses has guidance and templates around uh, plan of action that you can take if you ever get compromised. So there's so so there are free resources out there. Um, mm-hmm. I guess people should be aware that, in general, other than maybe for certain time limited offers, you get what you pay for. So maybe they should see that as a starting point rather than saying, "Okay, phew, I'm protected now." Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. I think your cyber posture uh, needs to evolve as your organization evolves. If you're a really small business, you're looking to start. Um, you know, these free tools are absolutely wonderful place to start and they can help you to a certain level of maturity. But then as your business grows, your investment in this arena will also need to grow because the target on your back grows. Right. So. Right. Right. Um, I was reading up a little bit on, on this area and I found that you've, you've, you've done some work. Uh, MasterCard has done some work in terms of looking at the average cost to a business of a uh, of a breach. And mm-hmm. it, it can be pretty expensive uh, and, and much more expensive, you know, relatively speaking, for a smaller business than, to, than when it happens to a bigger business. Yeah, that is unfortunately true. Um, so there is um, these kind of data breaches are, they can be very expensive. And in fact, this number or stat is from the Insurance Bureau of Canada, where they've said 37 of business that 37% of businesses hit by a data breach estimate that the attack cost them over $100,000, while one in five had no idea what the cost of the breach was. So again, some very, very troubling numbers there. And uh, um, one more that I'll throw in there is that um, ransomware attacks, we haven't talked about those yet, which is when not only uh, is someone trying to steal um, your data, but what they're doing is they are locking up your data. So they're not taking your data away from you, but they've locked up the data, encrypted it, and made it unavailable to you so that you cannot continue to operate like you used to. And these attacks are also getting more and more common. In fact, this is again from RCMP, that Canadians are subjected to more than 3,200 ransomware attacks a day. And cost of these attack attacks has more than tripled to thirty six thousand on a thousand dollars on an average. Wow. Yeah. And and when you when you say ransomware, I think of that happening to really big organizations. But again, I guess that's uh, a, 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 an urban myth. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, an urban myth because uh, the, these are if if. Uh, the, again, I keep saying this, but hackers are lazy. They'll go after what is easy. And large enterprises with their dedicated security teams, although the prize is bigger, are not as easy. Uh, smaller businesses that are new at this and may have uh, just recently come online and have not totally shored up um, their assets, they could become an easier target and you could have hackers go after them. And, and ransomware, the... the, the this is a problem that, that, that has an easy solution. You pay them what they're asking for. <laughs> is that how most of these situations get uh, solved? And is, this why we don't, and is this why we don't hear about them that much? The unfortunate truth is because if you're an organization that is undergoing an attack of this nature, there is, it is very tempting to just solve the problem by paying the ransom, right? 
And uh, it has become a bit of an industry where I've heard that there are even call centers you call and you're like, oh, I've been attacked. And you give the code that's on your screen and you pay what the ransom they're asking for and you're good. But the problem is that with uh, ransomware, as you can imagine, is that it perpetuates the problem. Yeah. It absolutely perpetuates the problem. Um, They can come after you once. They can come after you again. It's very difficult. You can um, imagine your name getting on a list of companies yeah. that pay up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it hurts everyone, right? Yeah. So one company pays and then the next one is under the pressure. So uh, what I would say to that is just, you know, as much as possible, try to put make sure you don't end up in that situation. And um, there are also providers that offer cybersecurity insurance and they are offerings catered to small businesses as well. So that might also be something to explore as you're thinking about your cybersecurity. Because yeah. that could come in handy if you are ever in a situation of you know, a cyber attack or breach. Right. I saw a stat. I think it came from um, uh, IBM, but my, I can't remember, um, that 80% of all small and medium-sized businesses don't have any ongoing monitoring in place for mm. cybersecurity threats. Does that sound about right? Uh, not surprising, um, that kind of number, but uh, that is the unfortunate truth. And again, I think some of these things, like pre-pandemic, the world looks totally different. Post-pandemic, we are seeing a lot of organizations, not even just small businesses, start to pay attention to digital more. Uh, they're paying attention to how they're doing e-commerce. And I, I have hope that things are going to change and people are going to you know, start to make the right investments and right moves. Right. And and I guess one of the things that surprised me was to learn that, uh, um, you know, phishing, ransomware and, uh, and and all these types of attacks, they've actually gone mm-hmm. up since COVID, right? I mean, oh, absolutely. <laughs> you, you'd think absolutely. maybe they'd take a break. We've got enough no. to worry about. But no. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. No. Um, that is the that's sad, but it is true. The moment um, the pandemic hit and COVID was in the headlines. We saw domain registrations for anything COVID-related go up significantly. And all these are malicious domains that are being created to eventually scam people and uh, do phishing attacks. So, yeah, unfortunately, bad guys don't take a day off. Right, right. So, obviously, awareness is number one. Um, preparation and sort of eternal vigilance is is what's yes. required of business owners and you can say hey you know this is yet another problem to lump on my plate but it sounds like this this can really affect uh the viability of a business if you're hit this could be mm-hmm. uh, this could be fatal exactly exactly and uh, i don't remember the exact stat but uh, a lot of small businesses go under even after one cyber attack they're not able to sustain themselves so uh, and the number was a big one. So I would highly encourage you to think of it as an essential part of doing business in the post-COVID world. Yeah, I heard that it was two small businesses and three that fall victim will will, mm-hmm. will fail within a year. So, um, you know, that that's absolutely frightening. And it's a reason why everybody has to take this seriously and uh, send this podcast yeah. to your aunt, uncle, friends, and neighbors <laughs> who are small business owners, because they, they, this is something that if you've avoided doing anything about it so far, uh, you've, you've probably been pretty lucky, and it's time to get serious. Absolutely. Any other recommended resources for entrepreneurs that are 
trying to understand uh, cybersecurity and, and, and find the best path ahead for them? The, the one more thing that I would say is uh, I've talked about the risk recon free tool. I've talked about the GSA uh, SMB toolkit. But one more thing that I would add, especially if you're accepting payments online, this is very relevant to you. Talk to your payment service provider or acquire about it. Um, there's an industry standard called 3DS. And what the standard, uh, there, there's uh, tools based on the standard. MasterCard's version of the tool is called MasterCard Identity Check. Other, other card networks have their own. Um, but essentially, it helps you get the guarantee as a merchant that this is truly uh, the right user of the card or not the right user of the card. And the transaction will accordingly either go through if it's the right, legitimate user of the card or it will fail uh, if it's the illegitimate user of the card. And this way you can prevent fraud from happening. So you can prevent, you know, uh, fraudulent transactions where, you know, somebody's stolen my card and is using it to buy, I don't know, winter tires or something. <laughs> And uh, that transaction will get declined um, versus if it was to go through, unfortunately, the merchant would be on the hook for that fraud. By using this one tool that I'm describing, um, you can get rid of that liability because this tool has the intelligence to help you make sure this truly the person whose card it is is using the card. Right. Once upon a time, I would get a call. Um, someone used your a credit card in Banff yesterday. Was that you? And I'd say, yeah, I was in Banff yesterday. What about it? Yeah. Um, but, but I don't get those calls anymore. Mind you, I haven't traveled anywhere lately. Um, <laughs> um, are, are these new AI-driven tools, are they sort of replacing that, that, that old sort of common sense monitoring approach? It's, they're evolving that approach. Yeah, yeah. So we are, it's called risk risk-based authentication models uh, that are being deployed behind the scenes these days by banks. Uh, and the idea is they have enough data and using AI, they're able to tell whether or not this was really you who was uh, shopping in Banff. And they're able to use that data and make that determination very confidently that, oh yeah, we, we know this was Banff because of X, Y, and Z reason. Um, however, for the cases where they're not able to be fully sure that this is you, um, they might still call you or send you a text message to confirm that it's really you who um, is shopping on this website. It's good to know that we've got uh, the white hat technology that's working on our behalf and trying to help prevent uh, or overcome uh, mm -hmm. cybersecurity issues. How do you think the, the, the future looks? Are the bad guys going to keep finding these holes or do you see a time when... Uh, all the all, all the technology we have, and obviously the, the the real commitment of banks and payment providers to solve this problem, that we can actually get ahead of these issues. Yeah, I I am an optimistic person, and but I'm also a realistic person. So I'll give you the example of the card present world that we live today. Uh, so when you go in store and you use your card to make any payments in Canada you see very, very little fraud in that space because technology has won. We have very strong controls and it has been made possible through collaboration of banks, financial institutions, acquirers, merchants, and payment networks like ourselves. And, you know, that's a perfect example of industry co cooperation leading to solving the problem uh, in the face-to-face -face environment. And I believe that we are, as an industry, really making some very strong strides in solving this problem for the digital world. 
the the truth about the digital world unfortunately it's way more complex than it was ever before there are way many um, many more interaction points than there were before so it's no longer just you know your phone or your laptop now you have smart home devices and variable devices and other IoT devices also participating in commerce online. So it is a very complex ecosystem, So, which is why it's taking time. And the more complexity you have, more holds you create. However, I do have hope that as an industry, we're taking um, the, the right collaborative approach and putting technology out there for merchants to use and encouraging the use of this technology by setting the right incentives for their adoption and uh, we'll get ahead of this. So the example of the MasterCard identity check that I gave, again, it is based on a standard that is accepted by the industry as a product. It only comes to life when merchants use it, the banks participate in it. So it's a multi-player uh, kind of solution. So those are the kind of things that we are doing as an industry, building standards, building solutions based on the standards and uh, setting the right incentives for their use so that we can get ahead of it in the card now present or the e-commerce world, just like we did for the card present world. Yeah, it's 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 important to remember that we did we have made a lot of uh, of progress since uh, mm -hmm. uh, the bad old days, and we take it for granted the the, the tapping that we can do <laughs> yes. now and how easy yeah. that is, and that mm -hmm. and that there's a huge amount of intellectual and technology technological firepower behind something mm -hmm. as simple as that and it, and and it's good to know that uh those forces are still working to try and solve these problems in the, in the online yeah. world it is a, a a a huge area and obviously everybody has to do their part so mm -hmm. as much as we've probably scared um, <laughs> s s some <laughs> of our listeners um yeah. but uh you know the intent is not to, to 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 scare halloween is over but the intent is to make sure that uh, they're aware of the issues and taking the proper steps. And fortunately, there's lots of tools and resources out there, some of which we've talked about that can help them do that. So thank you so much. It's great to have uh, to know that there are alliances between small businesses and big businesses and relationships that, that, uh, that allow this area to be very dynamic and for progress to be made. As we fade out... Is there one really cool, actionable piece of advice that you'd like to share with our audience now to help entrepreneurs uh, improve their business today? I would just say the last thing is start now. Don't wait for tomorrow. Start now. And uh, where you can start is you can go to the uh, Risk Recon um, website and find the free offer for Canadian small businesses and just try that. Just sign up for it. It's a simple four-line web form. Fill that out and get started today. Take advantage of the offer uh, while it lasts. You see, that's great. Is that Obviously, MasterCard gets it. Make something simple. Make something free. Make it free for a short time so it actually gets people uh, motivated to do it. And, and hopefully, we can all uh, take some serious steps forward in this. Sukhmani Dev, Digital Payments and Cybersecurity Solutions with MasterCard Canada. Thank you so much for this discussion. I hope we've uh, opened up a few people's eyes today and motivated them to take a few steps that can help uh, them tame this serious issue and, and take advantage of all the benefits that e-commerce can bring. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure chatting. Thank you. We'll talk again. Take care.
Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence. 